realize how incredible this is? Welcome to DS9. It's a podcast. <laughs> All right. We are back. Hello. The boys the boys are back. OMG, the boys are back indeed. Uh welcome. It's been a long a long break since the last episode and um how are you, my friend? Thomas? I'm good, friend cousin Joe. Um <laughs> doing well. Yes, we've it's been a few weeks since we've recorded one of these podcasts. Um been hanging in there. Uh, did a little move. Spent some time in Los Angeles. Drove across the country to Austin, Texas, to resume my Austin, Texas life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I'm recording my side of this guy from Austin, Texas. And I don't know if viewers are aware, listeners, or listener are aware of uh, <laughs> of the great the great uh, the great portion of the globe that is between the two of us. Because where are you, Joe? That is a good point. I actually, I don't know if all of our listener knows where we are. <laughs> Uh, I'm in uh, Fukuoka, Japan, where it is uh, just after lunchtime here, and we're using the wizardry of the internet. And Mm -hmm. I think, what time is it where you are? Here in Austin, Texas, it's 10.43 p.m. Oh, wow. So you're just starting your day, and I'm just starting to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, It's funny. I've been, uh, we're using webcams. Uh, This is an audio podcast, but it does feel like we've entered the future. Mm -hmm. The future is now. Um, Where I used to hate uh, video chatting because it just felt like, you know, technology from 20 years ago that has not improved. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at the news, even like professional newscasters are using Skype and it still just like craps out (laughs) and logs out. But, uh, Uh, it's got, we found some ways to actually make it seem like, uh, Star Trek, which is what, uh, we are becoming experts at through this podcast. True, true, true. When we start our, uh, video conference and start rolling for the, uh, the podcast, I like to say, on screen, put Joe on screen. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess I should do the Deep Space Nine voice. On screen, put Joe on screen. Yeah. There you are. Hello, cousin. How are you? Maybe that'll be the next thing, because I've seen a little bit of of siri and like uh, alexa or whatever and i'm like this is i'm not impressed with this uh because everything gets compared to star trek mm-hmm. where it's just the computer immediately knows exactly what you want and um so maybe that'll be the next uh, next five years of a uh, voice recognition or like auto translate how mm-hmm. they do in star trek where the it'll hear any language and instantly turn it to english yeah. That's possible. That's possible. With what was that new form of computing that uh, had this bio-organic sounding term, but it was going to make computing like ultra fast. It was like nano computing or something like that. Or whoa. Anyway, it was going to be the next big breakthrough in computing, which was like I'm not remembering the word for it. I was hoping you would bail me out there. Uh, I believe that's called a Borg, ah, technology, Borg technology. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe we've encountered the Borg yet in the Deep Space Nine. Oh, we have, of course. The whole inciting incident for the whole show was uh, because of a big Borg battle where Picard murdered all those humans and other Federation people as mm-hmm. a member of the Borg. Right, right. The show has changed a lot, man. That first pilot uh, was weird. Remember that episode? It was like two hours long. <laughs> so much crazy stuff happened. It was all over the place. Yep. Uh, delving into Cisco's psyche, having space battles, like weird... Uh, you know, psychic stuff going on. I was going to swear, but I just changed it to stuff. So, mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> um, so, the episodes are much more contained now and sort of straightforward and uh, better, I think. I enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, episode 8, uh, entitled The Passenger. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about the episode? I also, uh, towards the middle, I was like, am I liking this? Which is, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that's going to do horrible for my podcast. Uh, Throw (laughs) me a freaking bone here. But by the end, I think we both know that uh, the uh, material for podcastage improved <laughs> by the end uh the ending scenes mm-hmm. i got which, where suddenly i i was able to harvest four or five clips just in the last like eight minutes <laughs> good of it good good yes well we can we can we can both appreciate it and also you know be able to call out things to be critical of and kind of make fun of because it's the fun the fun of star trek yeah this one i thought was kind of a another like your typical self-contained um isolated one like 
mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, you're left scratching your head about all these, all these uh, uh, longish-term seedlings were planted of like Keiko's school, um, the right. Cardassian Kar- garment guy. Uh, Where the hell is he? He was my favorite <laughs> character. I, I, I'm expecting him to back soon. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Yeah, he's fun. Quarks, uh, Me Too scandal. Yes. Um, you know, like all these self-contained, like Quark. Like no, no, like Q shows up. He goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one happens, uh, but that also brings me to we should talk about. We do have now a lost episode where. Um, this is episode eight mm-hmm. of episode eight, but we, there was an episode seven that we tr- that we recorded. But there's there was some um, user gremlin error. Gremlin in the system. There was a gremlin in the system. Yeah, and it was just not sounding good. And um, if I remember, that episode was just really uh, not great <laughs> in per- in particular. <laughs> I think so. I I wanted to I suggested we just skip that one before redoing it and wash wash the bad taste from the cleanse the palate if you cleanse will cleanse the palate of our memory yes uh, get a few more episodes under our belt and then we'll just plug episode seven back into the lineup <laughs> and none of our li- none of our listener will have ever even realized that they had missed episode seven yeah. And I could say I do not remember what that last episode was about at all. I have no, I don't, I try to remember it and I. It was a big one. It was a big one. When I try to remember it, I only, I think of the next generation. The next generation just fills it in. Right. Like, is this what you're looking for? And I'm like, no, that's a whole other show. But thank you. But (laughs) no. (laughs) So. It's because the next generation has been stored in your brain since early, early childhood. So. Uh, yeah, those files are more easily acceptable. Accessible, excuse me. Yes. Um, so we'll be getting around to that, you know, whenever. Uh, you know, as we used to say when I worked in an office, uh, you know, we're working hard on it. Uh, as time permits, uh, we'll, we'll uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, got a lot of... Well, I, I think... <laughs> we're gonna circle. We're gonna circle back, aren't we? We're gonna circle back on that one. Yeah. We're gonna huddle. Yeah. And we're gonna <laughs> yeah complete the task. Uh, circle back. Circle back yeah. on episode seven. Touch base on that one. Yeah. <laughs> touch base. Circle back. Plug it in. Yeah. Don't touch my boobs. Oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Sorry, these are just common things to say in the office. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So episode eight, the passenger. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was kind of a mystery episode a little bit. It's kind of a crime kind of mystery sort of episode. Yes, new arrivals at the Deep Space Nine came through the wormhole. Uh, Some sort of, she was like a bounty hunter or law enforcement officer of her home world who was transporting a violent, violent, notorious wanted criminal who she'd been tracking for 20 years. Uh, And there's a fire on their ship and Kira and Bashir come to their rescue, rescue her, and uh, the violent criminal uh, passes away due to the fire on the ship after like trying to choke Bashir on his neck because he was very violent. Uh, he passes away, or so we think he passes away, as they bring her and the body of the criminal onto the Deep Space Nine, and the plot ensues from there. Yes. Um, I enjoyed the opening scene in this. I thought it was legitimately creepy. Like the the whispering, menacing voice of that villain while he was dying on the floor, choking out Bashir. Uh, oh, I forget what what exactly he said, but I thought it was legitimately kind of scary opening. Yeah, like so. Okay, now you're reminding me what this episode. <laughs> I thought I knew what this one's about, but now I'm realizing I don't really know. Oh no. Yeah, like so. Well, you you watched this episode though, right? Yeah, but I didn't really realize that you said he's a criminal, mm-hmm. and uh, she. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she is kind of police, huh? <laughs> I, I I didn't even think of that. That she's like a yeah. you know a, a police officer transporting a a prisoner. I guess I I just thought it was another mm-hmm. another um. Well, here's another alien with a complaint. Uh, that you know she's pissed off at this guy and and the whole thing is like well wait 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 so hmm. yeah you said so so they they show up 
um, you know, there's a fire on a spaceship. Like, what the hell? How is there a fire? But uh, they, the guy is dead, mm-hmm. and Bashir is like, the doctor's like, oh yeah, he's not going anywhere. I mean, come on now, look at him. He's yeah, he's he's pretty much dead. Super. And dead. then the guy wakes up, and um, yeah, chokes him, and he says, make me live <laughs> it was so weird yeah i know i actually clipped that moment if i could play it because i thought that the guy's the voice the actor did a really good job with his voice and made it generally genuinely menacing and it was just a strange line too it's a strange way to say like save me or keep yeah, me alive totally anyway, here's a clip <laughs> make me live like what? Uh, his synaptic field is dissipating i can't get a neural reading I have to get him to the emergency unit on the runabout. Computer, for the transport. Oh, he's choking him. Make me live. Oh, that was even better watching at that time. I love the way that actor, who we, this is his only moment in the whole episode, is that one line, make me live. Yeah. I like the way his mouth moves. I thought that it was pleases me. like a totally kind of a Frankenstein version, if you will, of mm-hmm. Frankenstein, where the mm-hmm. in the movie or whatever, the guy's like, it's alive. Right. And the guy, but Franken, the monster says later, like, blah, blah, good friend good or something like that because he says it yeah in the voice of the monster but it's alive sounds kind of like make me live or i don't know yes. so so that's all i i thought it was like this is a weird a frankenstein yeah. of a of a line we can call it a cinematic a cinematic illusion mm. perhaps to Frankenstein. Yeah, now um I have a clip that goes with that and uh yeah, as I the doctor does say like well this guy's dead. I mean, come on, I'm a doctor here, mm-hmm. which does make it kind of awkward where in the beginning of the episode um Kira and Bashir are flying together in the Rio Grande, which is right. the name of their little shuttle, which is again another river name given to their right. runabouts, other ones being the Ganges and the You're right, you're right. Yangtze. They're one ever there. Um, but then they're talking about where they just wherever they just came from, Kira says uh is like praising him for his job. So um it goes like this. Well, I was very impressed, Doctor. Mm. And where mm. should have been? Oh, Jesus, Bashir. I impressed myself on that one, actually. I can't imagine what other doctor would even consider examining the scapular nose for parasitic infection. I just seem to have a talent, I suppose. A vision that sees past the obvious, round the mundane, right to the target. Jesus Christ. Fate has granted me a gift, Major. (laughs) A gift to be a healer. I feel privileged to be in your presence. Oh. Glad to have you along. <laughs> well, oh, but Bashir, heal thyself, yeah. doctor, please, and know thyself. <laughs> Pardon me while I blow my own balls over here. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna fill- fillet myself all over, all over the runabout. <laughs> but the funny part is that the whole thing that he discovered was that uh, the I guess where they came from, the person was dead, mm-hmm. and like the the scanner was like, yep. Uh, he said tricorder is good for scanning things that are alive, but when they're dead, it's useless or something. So, <laughs> yep, li- leave it. Don't mind if I do, but I'm the one who scanned the the whatever, and hey, he wasn't dead after all. So he is just talking about how he solved that a guy wasn't dead by doing something, and then they rescue this ship, and he's like, dude, this guy's dead. And it's like, whoops, he's not dead. He's like, he's alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. I know. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, it's funny. The last several episodes have all started with Bashir being quite obnoxious. Uh, I was pleased that in this episode, he seems to have his hormones and his irrepressible libido somewhat under control because uh, there's no inappropriate sexual comments, there's no unwanted advances. Uh, but there is this little moment, yes, that you just played, which was this sort of self-congratulatory, self-filating moment <laughs> of, I am blessed, I have been chosen. 
no one can do what I do. I'm the chosen one. Yeah. So Bashir, yeah, you can. Uh, well, maybe he's. You know, it makes sense because he's. Uh, he's central in this episode. He is. He's got a big part. And later in the episode, he is. He does go through some shit. So he's kind of maybe being punished for this. Uh, you know, this overwhelming pride uh, that he's uh, you know, exhibiting here in the opening scene. Mm. Um, what's the word for that? There's a liter- literary word for that. The overwhelming pride that leads you to your downfall. I'm Hubris. I was right. going to say it and yes. sound like oh. smart, but you... Uh... Sorry. <laughs> well, wait, let's, I can just say it again, and then you can just cut out when I say it. <laughs> That's overwhelming a... pride. What is that? That literary term for overwhelming pride, I just can't remember. I learned it in high school, something about Oedipus or... It's humbleness? No, is it... Oh, hubris. Are you waiting for, you waiting for me? Hubris? Oh, hubris. Hubris, <laughs> yeah. yes. Thank uh, you, Joe. I just thought... Someone was paying attention. That was a, a Bashirish thing to do, was to uh, reflect on your own vocabulary and then, and then <laughs> pluck the esoteric term from your own intellect. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I was being awful. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and perhaps if you're free later, Joe, you know, uh, I could think of more than a, a few things. I'll tell you my 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 test scores on the on the whatever. Right. Right. Um I I found further awkwardness when they bring the police uh police woman, the officer, the detective mm-hmm. and the dead guy who is really dead now onto DS9. And uh, she's not convinced that he's actually dead. And Bashir is like, I, okay, this time for real, he is dead. <laughs> I just talked about to my other girlfriend how good I am at knowing who's dead and who's not dead. I know I kind of screwed up before, but this same guy is now really dead. So here's this clip. Okay. Have you run a retinal imaging scan? What for? to confirm that there is no residual activity in the visual cortex. Ms. Kajada, I assure you, he is dead. He's faked his death more times than I can tell you. And the last time someone thought he was dead, they didn't live to regret the mistake. So she, she's trying to convince him that you know he's not dead, he's alive. Or, I don't know, he might be alive, he's fakes his own death, and he's so confident, like, no, no, he is dead. And she says... Well, the last guy who thought he was dead, well, he's dead. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because, well, the doctor's like, well, I I was that guy too just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still alive. So <laughs> I'm trying to, like, figure out. It was just, it was so funny how in the first five minutes of the episode, he's he's talking up how smart he is. He's, he screws up, and then he's fully confident again. Like, no, no, this time he's really dead. Yeah. This person's. Real. In fact, I'm not even going to do that weird tricorder trick on his dead skull, uh, which might reveal that he's alive. Because no, I'm just no. He knows in his heart that he's dead. I like that he calls her Miss Kajada as well. Uh, it's definitely a little sort of uh, gender dominance sort of move, I think, because she's like you know a notorious you know uh, manhunter and badass uh, criminologist. So calling her Miss Kajada is a little condescending, I thought. Oh, but that's Bashir. Um, I wanted to ask you, have you ever had an experience where you were one, 100% confident in something and then proven 100% wrong, but then reverted, did another 180 to make a full 360 back to being 100% confident again, again in something? <laughs> Can you think of an experience where you've done that? Uh, uh, I'm certain I have. I could make one up. I could say I was 100% certain I didn't need the COVID vaccine, and then I almost died from COVID and was begging the doctor, please, can I have the vaccine? The doctor was like, sorry, it's too late. And then I barely survived and then got the vaccine, and now I'm 100% sure that everybody needs the vaccine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was a little parable. That was a little social issues parable. I apologize. This is not a political show. Ah, yes. Uh, but, you know, that's a sort of uh, parable, parable along the lines of something you were asking for. For my own personal life, uh, I can't think of anything that I was completely 100% wrong about. But I know it's happened yeah. many, many times. It's so funny. It's like it, I can't even think of an, an example where it, it'd be like me putting on some pants and they don't fit. It's like, <laughs> wow, I, I, I was sure that these mm-hmm. were my, I don't know. Wow. Boy, am I wrong. The next day, I grab the same pants, like, no, these ones fit. And someone else is like, these 
Those are the exact same ones. You know that. Yes, I know. But I also know that they fit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? Oh, man. Um, oh, here's a new segment. This is called DS9 Adjacent. Ooh, okay, DS9 so Adjacent. We're take a, yeah, hard, not even a, a turn. This is like a, a liftoff into another dimension. Because um, ha- have you uh, watched the show on uh, BBC or Netflix called Peaky Blinders? You know, I watched the pilot, and I might have watched uh, an episode or two beyond that, but it was a long time ago. It was a good show, high-quality show. I just didn't sort of keep watching yeah, it's it's a you know it's kind of a, a gritty mafia mm-hmm. n- uh, noirish show, I guess. But mm-hmm. in a later season, which I'm on now, um, a familiar face appears in the in the really? old ye oldy suits and bow ties, and it's okay. this guy Bashir with a salt and pepper beard. Really? Okay. Yeah. So he, cool. um, I saw him. I'm like, oh. And even my girlfriend was like, "Oh, there he is. That's the guy. You, that's the guy you don't you don't like <laughs> from Star Trek." Yeah, he pops up in lots of stuff. Uh, I like him as an actor. He was the I recognize him mostly from that movie. Uh, was it Traffic? Yeah, that sort of big Steven Soderbergh sort of drug movie with multiple interweaving storylines. Michael Douglas and uh, Benicio del Toro hmm. and Matt Damon, and it was the Matt Damon storyline that takes place in the Middle East, and um, there's this sort of sultan of something, or he's like, you know, a Saudi prince who's uh, involved in some sort of, you know, sort of Game of Thronesian power play with his sibling on who's going to take over uh, when the father goes, and uh, it's that guy. It's the guy that plays Bashir, who plays this sort of, like, troubled, conflicted Saudi prince. Uh, He was very good. It's very good. You know what? I'm now thinking that there was another movie called Kingdom of Heaven about like the Crusades or whatever, mm-hmm. and that I think he's in there too. I think yeah. as a sultan or a mm-hmm. or um uh whatever <laughs> bad guy or <laughs> I don't right, know. Right. But well, uh, Eastern. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he looks also a lot like this other actor who I actually like. When I saw Traffic, I was like, is that? The guy. Do you remember the guy that, who plays John Connor in Terminator uh, 3, the third Terminator movie? Terminator 3? Oh, yep. I know that face. Remember? Yep. Uh, and he looks a lot like Bashir. Uh, he's Caucasian, though, uh, but they do look a lot alike. And I remember watching Traffic and seeing the actor who plays Bashir, and I was like, is that John Connor in brown face? <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Two different actors. They just look very yep. similar. Uh... Oh, also Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. He's in Game of Thrones, of course, as well. He is? He plays, yes. He plays the prince in Dorn, the sibling to the, you know, insatiably sexual uh, wife of uh, the guy who gets his head popped by the mountain. Um, oh. Forgetting their names. Uh, the, Dorn, the, Dornish, the Dornish prince and princess. I remember the wife. Um, he's wheelchair bound. Wheel, wheelchair bound. And she kills him. She stabs him in the chest, her own brother, and seizes control of, of Dorn. Oh, um, man. Because he was weak and compassionate and wanted peace. And she was like, I want revenge, brother. Anyway, that was him, too. So he, like many British actors, is a Game of Thrones alum. Game of Thrones. What a... We should know his name, for God's sake. What, what is well, this Well, I have a name? thing about him, but I keep calling him Doctor and, and Bashir in my notes. But his his it's something... <laughs> Ettington. Oh, let me just. His name is. His character's name is Julian Bashir. Uh, his. Uh, he's played by. God, I hate this Star Trek Who, wiki page. Uh, 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 Dead Child. Dead Child. I mean, Dead Air. Oh, Sorry. What is it? Dead Child. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the word child. It was a paragraph on the Wikipedia. Alexander Siddig. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Interesting. Yeah. I like him. I like him. Uh, all right, that was a good that was a good Star Trek adjacent segment. Is the segment concluded? Um, Do we need to ring got, the, well, the jingle again? You reminded me of another uh, tangent to go to that okay. last adjacent. Is that uh, the doctor? The doctor said that the the script for this episode was handed to him the day before of a shooting. Wow! And uh, you know what? It's hard to say if because uh, I've I'm clip heavy on this episode and the later. Like the last ten minutes of it gets pretty. Uh, spoiler alert! It's pretty amazing. 
<laughs> but uh, he says, he's like, oh, I was given, I even read it, the quote in his voice, like, I was given the script appallingly, a- appallingly late. <laughs> the day before, I need more time to prepare, he said to a magazine or something. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that's what his uh, complaint was rough. about this one. Th- throwing the production team under the bus there Mm. uh he had a lot to do in this episode because he had to play not only julian Bashir, but spoiler alert later in the episode he has to play the notorious criminal rao ventica who has taken over his body and his mind yep electronically yeah he is that's the bad guy who the police woman is uh um you know bringing along Mm -hmm. and um so, uh, my uh, next, I got a clip, which is a more light thing, but this made me um, stop what I was doing and actually pay attention to the show <laughs> on Netflix <laughs> as I was listening, kind of half—I don't know—half-heartedly. But uh, this is where another Odo and Quark scene of some good old-fashioned ball breaking, mm-hmm. and this could be the most ball breakingest line in the whole series <laughs> to to date, where Quark is wants to uh, catch the eye of. Dax, right, and um, Odo, of course, has to shit all over him. <laughs> I know <laughs> ah. he's such a grump. So here's the inner uh, inner uh, exchange between those two. Okay, she's lonely. Dax, she has ten lifetimes worth of friends to call on before she calls you, and every man on the station would like to be buying her a Rocktigino. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, did you hear that? That <laughs> was bitchy. Holy hell. It was hell. bitchy is what it was. Oh. How do you recover from that? He's like, this person knows thousands of people, and she will call any of them before she'll ever call you. <laughs> I know. How mean. That's mean. Jesus. Why is he mean? Why is Odo being mean? I mean, Quark is an unrepentant criminal, and he's also an aggressor uh, sexually and a predator. Uh, so we shouldn't feel too bad for him, but... Yeah, Odo should sort of lighten up a little. Put the gloves back on, Odo, for this, some gentle sparring. Yep. Uh, no need to throw a knockout punch so early in the banter. They did develop the whole thing about um, Odo wants nothing. He's like stoical and totally cerebral and duty-bound to his role or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and Quark is material. You know, he wants satisfaction of the senses and the, you know power i guess or something so um yeah they talked about that a little bit and uh quark's like it's not so bad to want something um similar to that old joke of like hey how about a friggin' gold plated bucket to lay your blobby head right. in every night <laughs> every <laughs> night uh but um but uh yeah that was uh that was that was kind of good yeah no i enjoyed that line that you were kind of alluding to a second ago that quark says uh, where it's it's healthy to desire things that you know you can't have, like it's okay, mm. like it's it's not you you don't need to punish yourself for you know wanting things. Desire is a good thing; it's a natural thing. Yeah, there was a, another line that they said I didn't I didn't clip it though was uh the uh Odo brings up how there's some kind of shipment of valuable goods coming in, mm-hmm. and Quark's like, what why whatever do you mean? And Odo's like, I'm watching you, Quark. <laughs> and Quark's like, well, I'm watching you, Dax. <laughs> and, oh, a little twist at the end. A little yep. Uh, yep. copy-paste with a little, little, uh, little twist at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. It's, Quark can be cute. He can be cute. Um, not when he's getting like manually ear-stimulated, though. That, that's not a mm. good look. We saw that in a few episodes ago. Um, but yes, that exchange that happens in Quark's sort of uh, establishment um, sort of leads into the next scene because that exchange where Odo is talking about the shipment of uh, Deridium that Quark must know about uh, is overheard by a new character, a new character to Deep Space Nine who is a, a Federation security officer. Uh, his name is Primen, George Primen, Lieutenant Primen. Yes. Uh, who, who, who begins, uh, embarks on a very fierce rivalry with Odo. Uh, I think it's going to carry on past this episode. It seems like he's here to stay. Um, but I don't really recognize him, so I'm not sure about that. Um, 
so yeah, this guy Primen goes and complains to um, Cisco about Odo's tactics. Uh, that he was being too loud in the bar and like, you know, saying like, I'm going to be the head of security around here. And so that makes Odo really mad. But I did like the way that Cisco, they dressed down this new officer super firmly and in a very weird Cisco-y manner of speaking he did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could play that clip if you have it pulled up and then chat about it a little bit. Yeah, I have a little note from that one that that guy, intro- that that character is introduced to the series by heckling Obo, uh, uh, Odo yes. over his shoulder mm-hmm. while eavesdropping, <laughs> talking to Quark. The, the, the new guy's like, interesting method you have there. Odo's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. He's like, well, I just think it's odd you would share classified intel to a super shady Ferengi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Odo's like, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> he says, like, uh, what, business it, uh, what business is it of you what I tell anyone ever in my life? And that's when he goes like, well, I'm the new security bro. Right. So um, check yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going to your, I got the clip here of uh, Cisco meets him for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the dude tries to bro out with uh, Cisco like, man, well, you know, we're Starfleet. I mean, we're yeah, it. Exactly. We're, we're, you know, these these barbarians out here need to be told what's what. And so here's that uh, scene here. If you want my opinion. Actually, I don't. You and I are guests of the Bajorans, Lieutenant. You don't have to forget what you learned at the Academy. You just don't throw it in anyone's face here. If you're really smart, you might even learn a few new things about station security from our constable. Clear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. Uh, It's a very firm dressing down, but there is that sort of great Cisco eccentricity of language where he shouts clear at the end of it. Like, are we clear? Yeah. Uh, but he does it kind of strangely because it's not in the form of a question and he kind of jerks his head to the side as though he's like directing the comment elsewhere. Uh, I thought it was very strange and very funny. Uh, you might even learn a thing or two clear. Like he is about ready to like, you know, shock somebody back to life with a pair oh. of defibrillators. <laughs> yeah. It was just an odd moment. Uh, but I like that he, I liked that he shut this new guy down, this new doughy kind of you know, uh, southern kind of accented Federation guy. Have you noticed that he's got like kind of a southern twang? He's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hick. Is that a derogatory term? Maybe I'm not allowed to use that oh, term. Oh, that is a uh, racist term, I believe. No, no <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Anyway, he's kind of this doughy southern cocky guy. So I'm glad that Cisco put him in his place, and then he sort of like gets better, and he kind of makes amends. Yeah, so. I mean, the guy does have kind of a point. Like, why is the is the security guy telling? Um, the bar owner the head you know gossip guy about something valuable coming in and uh, um i didn't i didn't i thought it was in there but i guess it didn't get included but cisco says well duh odo is just telling quark that he knows that he that that we know that quark knows that we know yes. that mm-hmm. this stuff is coming in i mean it's, it's that's what he's doing isn't that obvious yeah. <laughs> like why <laughs> so we're so we tell the the suspicious people Look, we know you're all knowing that we have a thing coming in, so don't touch it. So it's like... Yes, but does he know that we know that he knows that we know? Yeah. Is the question. It was kind of one of those moments. I liked it. I liked that uh, I liked that Cisco broke it down for him very clearly. Cisco seems very smart in this episode. Like, he's kind of seeing everything. Every move that uh, the people aboard, uh, the people under his command make are like, you know, moves that he would make if he could make 15 of himself. Um, so yeah, he seemed very much in command in this episode and uh, in control. Yeah, like it, I, if this new guy had watched the past episodes of this Cisco, I think that he would have thought Cisco's like a pushover, like, uh, you know, we're gonna try to be Starfleet out here, but you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. But now Cisco's totally like, look, man, we're just like kind of a, we're just helping a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you try to copy them don't go yeah. telling them what to do and this guy's like well that's not what you said last week or before before you were like wrenching people around by the arm like i'm the i'm the <laughs> alpha around here all right and those who oppose me may find their head on a spike 
Remember when yeah. he said that to, to, what? to Kira? That was so rough. He threatened to decapitate Kira in like episode oh, two. Because yeah, yeah, she yeah, went yeah, over yeah. his head and talked to an admiral. Yep. And he was like, I disagree with their tactics. And those who betray me might find their heads on a spike yeah. or a platter. Yeah, on a, yeah or your head on a platter. Anyway. That's so funny. Yeah, head, head on a platter is so much less violent than on a spike. I don't know why. It's because the head on a spike is not only like severing the head, but then it's also penetrating the severed head. So it's like penetratively yeah. violent. <laughs> That's very, very graphic little side convo. Fun fact, the reason why they finally decided to bring this Primen, Primen? I don't even know. What was the name? Uh, Primen. They brought him in. I guess he's been on the back burner for a while. They've been really uh, letting this very compelling character marinate. Uh, for a long time, they mm-hmm. thought finally now's the, now's the time to bring out the big guns. Is because is because O'Brien, if you may have noticed, was absent in this episode. Completely absent. And I'll tell you what: after watching thirty minutes of the episode, I felt really bad that I was only noticing then, after thirty minutes, that O'Brien was missing. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I did miss O'Brien. And uh, yeah, interesting that they're introducing this new character and just pretending O'Brien didn't really exist in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that he would be there because there's some lots of techie stuff going on. I mean, like transferring minds and souls via like, you know, hardware. Um, they could have used somebody of his sort of rolled his sleeves up kind of hard work ethic. Uh, and no, I, re- I reject this uh, Southern Fried Doughboy Federation Security <laughs> Officer as an adequate replacement for our precious O'Brien. So hopefully he's back next episode. Yeah, Dax had some lines where like, I think she said maybe even twice, like, uh, uh, Commander, please come to my lab. Mm-hmm. I was like, lab? <laughs> what, you're now, uh, what are you, You've you're like a, what is your job again? <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> so... But the reason why apparently he was gone is because he was filming a movie. Oh. Can you believe it? Maybe he was filming Billy Elliot. Was he in that one? I think he might have been in that one. Uh, in 1992, he did four movies. One of them was Far and Away, about uh, Irish oh. immigrants to America. And uh, another Tom, one... I've... Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman. Yep. And uh, But in 1993, the, ep- the year this uh, movie, this episode came out, was... Uh, a made-for-TV Irish movie called The Snapper. Is it about a fish? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> or about? I don't know. A but carnival snapper who wows crowds with wild snapping. Yeah, The Snapper. It's about a serial murderer who snaps people <laughs> right before he murders them or something. I like I the know, fish but, idea. Uh, he actually was nominated for a Golden Globe for uh, Best Actor in that irish made for tv movie uh uh funny to hear that the golden globes covers irish tv i wouldn't have thought so i wouldn't have thought so um that's good i will makes me want to see it the snapper i will uh look out for it that could be a bonus uh episode yeah things adjacent Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. ds9 So another thing in the story, I don't have a clip for it, but this was funny, was where, um, yeah, similarly, Odo is very firm about his uh, rigor with when it comes to security and uh-huh. um, the, the other guys trying to make peace with him, like, sorry, I heckled you <laughs> before, in, before meeting you. I met you via heckle. But um, Odo's like, all right, that's okay. Just, just, you know, you can tell me what every advice you have. And um, immediately, he they together check out the computer, looking for something. And Oda's like, uh, "Oh, um, all of the data has been wiped from the computer." <laughs> Oda's like, "What?" <laughs> he just lets out, "What? That's impossible." <laughs> so right after he like recovers face with the new Starfleet guy, right? He totally... His entire his entire friggin' mainframe has been erased. <laughs> You're right. right. In mid-conversation. That's embarrassing. Oh. That's embarrassing for Odo. Because Odo's like, you know, yes, that's correct for you to apologize. And I, I am in charge here. Now let's just have a look at this computer screen. What? Yeah. What's happened? We've lost all the data of on every terminal in the entire space station. Yep. I hope they had something. I hope they had it backed up to the cloud. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, someone have a USB on them? What's going on? <laughs> I know. That was a funny scene. I actually grabbed a clip from earlier in that scene because there was this is kind of like very random. But there was a word that this, you know, uh, Lieutenant Doughboy says, <laughs> which is a word that I've never heard before in my entire life. And he says it like it's a normal word. And I'm like, what was that word he just said? Uh, and I went back and listened to it again and put the subtitles on. And I was like, okay, yeah, I've never heard this word in my life, but he's using it like it's a very common word. Anyway, it's intriguing to me. Hopefully our listener and Joe are both intrigued as well. Wait, what is the word? I'll play it. I'm going to play the clip. Oh, okay, okay. And you're going to hear the word. You're going to hear the word. Okay. And we'll talk about it. Listen, I know this is your bailiwick. I don't mean to be throwing my weight around. What the hell is a bailiwick? Have you, have you, are you aware of the word bailiwick? Uh, have you ever heard that before? I think there was, a, have. there was a character called that in a Charles Dickens book called uh, Mr. Bailiwick. <laughs> No, really? I know. I know. I, I sounds know. like it. I don't know. <laughs> Look, now I know this is your bailiwick, and I didn't want to throw my weight around. Um, so bailiwick. So yes, I had somehow is eluded this word, or this word had eluded me over the course of forty-two, forty-three, <laughs> almost forty-four years of life uh, on Earth, yeah. speaking mostly English. <laughs> um, but it was yeah, just uh, sort of uh, tossed in here, like it's like it's an everyday word. I looked it up, and it means you know your domain. I know this is your domain. I know this is your realm of expertise. That sort of thing. So that's what it means. Hmm. Your world. Um, it's just a random archaic word that comes from like you know the jurisdiction of a bailiff. Oh, so that would huh. be like a, an enforcement officer of the court. You know, uh, their sort of beat, or you know. Hmm. Uh, their domain of enforcement is their bailiwick, because because wick means town. Oh, really? Apparently, like uh, Eastwick. Eastwick oh. means East Town. Oh, um, So it's like the sheriff's town. I know this is your sheriff's town, so I don't want to step on anybody's toes. This is your bailiwick. That must be so the like same ba- word Baelish for town. you know Greenwich or like Greenwich Village or whatever. That wit. Yeah. We we maybe mm-hmm. we say witch, but it would be wick or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Now, if I was going to guess from this guy's, uh, you know, uh, southern uh, je ne sais quoi of his voice <laughs> or whatever, I would think, <laughs> I would guess, yeah, bailiwick means like your main deal or whatever. Yeah. I was thinking you're going to say like prize, prize hog, like <laughs> your, ma- your main, like, uh, this is my most precious thing. Or maybe bailiwick would be like, the lead horse of like a team of horses or something that pull something or like i don't even know like the word for like the alpha rooster or something yeah. like that like there's it's funny how there's there's weird names for those like animals like that like uh i just heard something recently like um i think oh it was a like a bellwether is, right oh wait uh, bellwether. I'm gonna say it is like a goat, like the head goat that wears the bell really? and then tells them all where to go. Like, hey guys, we're going this way, and then they hear that and they. Fall. I don't. Need, maybe I made that up, but <laughs> I think that's right. I'm gonna say that that's right. Let's take your word for it and look it up after after we wrap this episode. Yeah. Uh, but that's another word that I would just never use. I hear the word bellwether used, and I can, you know, from the context of the sentence, I don't think about. I don't realize that I don't actually know what a bellwether means or how to use the word, so I just don't use it. It's one of those words that I just avoid because I don't exactly <laughs> know how to use it. And <laughs> bailiwick uh, no longer is one of those words for me, yep. uh, even though I had never heard it before. So I'm going to start dropping it in. I'm going to start dropping it in like when I you know, see uh, see my roommate in the morning. I'll be like, listen, I know the coffee maker is your bailiwick, but you might want to uh, you know, change your filter or whatever. Yep. Um <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm I glad just we did both that. Yeah, something. Th- there was a guy who said on another podcast who saw, you know, it has a certain je- it has a certain jane say qua. <laughs> he says it <laughs> makes it sound like you're trying to sound, you know, cultured or cosmopolitan, but you're saying it like with not at all a French. Yeah. I don't know tone at, <laughs> at all. This is uh, he has a certain uh, jane say qua. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the next thing that happens is uh, Odo has a temper tantrum. Uh, he wants to resign. Right. He's crying to Cisco, saying, you know, who's the boss? Mm-hmm. There's a time for love. There's a time for living. Take me back to you. friend. 
Blink, blink, blink. <laughs> You're welcome, listener, for that. You're welcome. So like a, yeah, so Odo doesn't like, uh, you know, feeling he, oh, oh, because in an actual business meeting in front of the, in, in the whatever conference room, uh, the, the dude heckles him in front of everyone mm-hmm. after Cisco said, look, man, you're, you're the boss in these joint things uh, in special cases of, of this. And it was almost like the office where Michael has to give special secret uh, authority right. <laughs> that only he knows about to, to Dwight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Odo's like, I, I'll I'll take that as long as as long as I know I'm in, I'm the boss. I know, so fragile, it's fragile, slime person ego. But uh, Cisco does say something that I would I can't even imagine Picard saying to anyone who's in like a career crisis as Odo was. So Cisco says. No one knows the station better than you. I like you. Mm-hmm. I uh, we we need we need you. You're very special. You're <laughs> special like, people. Whoa. Yeah, I thought that was a bit gushing, a bit gushing from the commander to be like, <laughs> I like you. I want you <laughs> on the station working. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was effusive. Is what it was. Hopefully, I used that word. Right. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, really? Huh. I think I've heard that word too. Maybe. Or I used it wrong and I sound dumb. Oh. We'll find out. Oh, we got to pick it up. Pick it up here. So what happens next? Um, you know what? That police officer is convinced that the dead body that they have in the freezer is not dead. Mm-hmm. And the ghost of the dude is, you know, causing mischief. And everyone's like, all right, let's just, you know, let's just think she he's alive or whatever. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, Dax finds some kind of artificial intelligence thing where where people can copy paste their com- consciousness mm-hmm. uh out of their bodies and um you know that's cool um you know uh, what am i talking about uh, oh um and then it's quite revealed that quark is in on it quark actually yeah. is a criminal for the first time yeah big time yeah he's colluding with this you know worst criminal in the galaxy like uh, Bashir says, he's a murderer, and then the investigator says, uh, or the tracker, bounty hunter lady, says, oh, he's way worse than a murderer. So he's like genocidal or something crazy. He's like a real bad guy, and Quark is more than happy to do business with him, and he recruits this little mini team of mercenaries to help, you know, to help the villain uh, hijack this shipment of deridium, which is... You know, this highly sought after element that helps these aliens live longer lives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it was another very Star Trekky thing. So I side note Star Trekky thing that there's this uh, alien race that are obsessed with long lives and extending their lives artificially. And it had shades of uh, the, the film uh, Star Trek Insurrection, one of the TNG movies, which I think came out after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also, yeah, the the main antagonists were a small race of aliens who were obsessed with living, extending their lives and by artificial means. And they had these crazy facelifts where they stretched their skin back. And yes. It's very ghastly. Yes. Um, that is weird. Uh, so, yeah. Similar sort of Star Trek themes going on. Yeah. I, I honestly want to spend time puzzling out what even is going on, but <laughs> but the time is short. Like... Uh, yeah, it conveniently is also revealed that the, that the valuable materials being delivered is highly explosive and would it would destroy an entire solar system. It's right? Like, yeah, right. of course it would. They get convinced. I think. I think what happens is they so that yeah they discover that there's that that's, uh, this uh, uh, alien villain had discovered a way to transfer his consciousness uh, to another being via this yeah copy-paste, like a subatomic microchip that he could, you know, uh, stick in someone else's body by scratching them. Because Dax is, like, checking under his fingernails to see if there's any trace of this sort of, like, subatomic microchip that contains his personality. Yeah. Uh, And they discover it, that it was under his fingernails, and that he likely did transfer his consciousness to somebody, and they don't even know it. It's just hiding in the recesses of their mind. Mm. And so they assume, logically, that it is this alien investigator Mm. That it's a uh, Kajata, you know, right? The the bounty hunter lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. she actually is the villain. She's got him hiding in her brain and doesn't know it. So they're kind of keeping an eye on her. Yep, that is right. Um, they, you know, she's the one 
pointing so hard that he's alive, he's alive, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, if and she doesn't know if she's carrying him, why would like oh, what? <laughs> uh, I got something where um another high tech scene happens where the the annoying new security guy says to Odo again, making peace like. Uh, oh, we're supposed to suspect it was him for a few minutes because Odo, he wasn't where Odo told him to go. Oh. And so Odo confronts him, and the guy's like, yeah, man, hey, I had an idea. Mm-hmm. Because you did, you thought this, I thought the same. So I checked this. And Odo's like, I did that already. He's like, yeah, but I checked something else. And bada-boom, something was in there. And so <laughs> it, I don't really know how or why, but he had a, he had a face-saving uh, team-building scene. And uh, Odo kind of praises him to Cisco, like, "Hey, man, mm-hmm. your 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 bro here solved the the puzzle. <laughs> your Federation bro." Yeah, but anyway, skip to the final. <laughs> this is where I was like, "Okay, is this episode is, it, is this is going horribly for my podcast?" But then finally, some good stuff happens, where um, where it turns out Bashir is the carrier of the. Yeah, yes. the bad guy. Yeah, and we had uh, we had seen the villain sort of creeping around the Deep Space Nine, meeting with Quark, uh, but we didn't ever saw his face. He was just this shadowy figure speaking in a whisper, a menacing, slow yeah. whisper. And it turns out that was Bashir. That was Bashir mm-hmm. the whole time. Uh, so now, for the remainder of the episode, until the very end, at least, yes, Bashir is the villain, Vantika. Yep, Vantika. Ventica, yes. And so finally, I have some uh, good <laughs> stuff here. So this is where uh, Bashir and and the you know mercenaries for hire mm-hmm. who Quark wrangles, uh, they together take over the delivery ship with all the valuable stuff on it, and uh, they want to get away, but they're stuck in a tractor beam from the Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. So they have they have to they have to uh, negotiate. So here's what he says. The station has locked a tractor beam on us. But that's not possible. They should be shut down by now. Well, they're not. They're hailing us. Hailing us. So, (laughs) again, I was kind (laughs) of not really watching the screen, but then I heard this voice, like, talking in this way, like, it should not be possible. <laughs> Hailing us? Us? <laughs> Why is he ta- I know. Why is he talking like that? <laughs> I don't know. They, like, didn't change his native accent at all, really. They just had him, like, you know, his, you know, alien voice is just his normal voice, but slower and over-articulated. Yeah. Um, a tractor beam from the space station? That's not yeah. possible. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, so then they do finally get on screen, and they finally t- get to talk to each other. Here's this part. I want to talk to Dr. Bashir. Unfortunately, he's not available at the moment. Is he all right? His body is, how do you humans say it, fit as a fiddle. Looks rather good on me, don't you think? What have you done to his mind, Vandika? It was necessary to render him unconscious for the time being. So strange. Um, I cut Mm -hmm. off the beginning part where he says his name, but it was funny, though. Someone slipped it in there saying, I want to talk to the doctor. And he says, the doctor is unavailable at the moment, (laughs) (laughs) which is uh, whatever hospital speak of whatever the reception says uh the doctor is not in right right but, uh, if you like to leave a message he will get back to you or whatever <laughs> i know well that line should have been the doctor is not in at the moment uh i know how could they resist putting that line in there that would have been a little funny um i noticed also that uh the doctor's voice bashir's voice when he's playing the villain uh it's a little bit out of sync with his lips uh, so I think they, like, changed something in the edit. They decided that whatever he initially had been doing uh, to play the villain maybe didn't work out. So they just went and overdubbed it uh, with his natural voice just slow and kind of creepy. So I think he might have been doing... He might have done a voice. You must be a TV and movie expert because that is exactly what they did. Is it? Uh, perhaps oh, connected to his 
complaint that he only had one day to prepare. Right. Uh, okay. The director said that they filmed it and realized later that mm-hmm. that um, the doctor was doing this weird Bela Lugosi style talking <laughs> and just thought it was too bizarre to keep in. So they called him back in to mm-hmm. overdub his own wow. voice. Wow. And... I really want to hear what that other version sounds like. I do like too. Because My God. <laughs> this one sounds totally <laughs> crazy. A tractor beam from the Deep Space Nine? That's not possible. That's oh, is that? My, 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 that's my guess. I mean, Bella Lugosi played Dracula, right? So. Whoa, 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 wait. So you're saying that every, like, vampire stereotype voice, like on Sesame Street, is from that movie of that guy? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I've never seen the movie, so I can't tell oh, you for okay, sure. Okay. But I would I guess. I would bet, though. I would guess. I mean, Bela Lugosi was the guy that played that famous Dracula early on. I think it might have been Boris Karloff. Uh, oh, the yeah. There's that. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was Bela Lugosi. Yeah, that name sounds legendary, too. I don't even know. Yeah. But <laughs> I want to count to 10. Von. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is why. Interesting. Well, that, that that's good. And also, my guess was right on the money. So, pat on the back for me. Ding, ding. Two peanuts for me. Exactly. Winning. Unbelievable. Yes, that's crazy. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't, I, I was staring at it hard to see, like, you know, how can he do that? Um, but I mm-hmm. thought it was exactly in sync, but you, you could detect it yeah i picked up i picked it up like like commander data watching uh <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> um so another funny thing I, this is totally visual i had to put one in but uh only uh you'll be able to see it it's where um they use technology to knock out the uh, the uh consciousness of right. the bad guy in the doctor's mind using whatever and so when the energy hits the ship, he has to <laughs> demonstrate like his mind coming back together. So here's what it looks yeah. like. He's, he's grabbing his hair and shaking it violently back and forth. <laughs> I know. Oh. Yes. What? Doctor, lower the shields. Now, like, yeah, it reminds me of where, like, werewolf scenes or something where the guy comes back to his senses. He's like, whoa, what? (laughs) What happened? Where have I been? What day is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that moment kind of made me laugh. The sort of grabbing his head and writhing back and forth and, like, vibrating his hands back and forth on the top of his head so his hair's kind of shimmying back and forth on his scalp. Um, it was a little intense, pretty campy, campy uh, body <laughs> acting a little bit. Yeah, but I think he's said that he's not a fan of his own performance in this particular episode. Oh, that um, is correct. Yeah, he doesn't did bother say me that. though. Did he? Did he? Okay. He he said like it was the biggest mistake of my life or something. Wow, it was the biggest. It was something the worst of my life. Oh well, he's being too hard on himself. He only had one day to read the script for God's sake, uh, or so he says. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a little campiness never hurts Star Trek. In fact, I think it enhances it. So doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother what me. Is, what is campiness? What, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, well, that's a big, big question. Um, there's whole film departments that teach camp and what is camp. And it's kind of subjective. There's differences of opinion on what is truly campy, what is not. Uh, corny could be used as a substitution uh, for that word in, you know, lay people's terms. Uh, kind of cornball or overacting or like heavy-handed in a fun and playful way, I think, is the way I like to put it. Huh. So it's like, you know, kind of cheesy film things that are fun to watch. Huh. Um, because they're because they're kind of cheesy. Hmm. Um, okay. So there's definitely camp. There's definitely camp in Star Trek. I mean, William Shatner, big time camp. Uh, in a great way, though. I love it. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely camp going on in Deep Space Nine, because um, it's you know it's when something it's it's hmm, it's hard to describe. It's like it's some people would say it's like failing in its aspiration to be a serious drama or whatever. If there's things that seem kind of funny or that make you laugh, but if those things make it a more enjoyable show uh, and it makes you love the show more, then it's good positive camp. It's like a 
you know, your the goal is to suspend disbelief and think, you know, this is real. But mm -hmm. of course, on some shows or some things, like you know, there's there's no way this can be real. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm I'm gonna go o w over the top and be <laughs> like, and I don't know, act in a way that like, yeah, we all know this is not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reality so i'm gonna just i'm just gonna blow it out of the water or something yeah, maybe that's kinda. camp or something that can uh that can uh result in camp yes uh my final clip is i thought this was another hilarious scene where they finally transport the doctor back onto the uh station because you know they get him back but mm -hmm. of course the bad the bad ai is still planted in his mind mm -hmm. and uh he shows up and he says It's okay. It's m me. <laughs> Ooh! The commander <laughs> shoots him in the gut. Damn! Oh my god! Just That's so blowing funny away his doctor. He has. So the guy says another thing. He's like, "It's me." me. Like I, I thought he was gonna hurl like in Wayne's World one. Right. <laughs> like, so <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna hurl. Yeah. But then the camera cuts to uh, can I find it? The camera cuts to Cisco, <laughs> who has no expression on his face. <laughs> Kira looks a little worried. Oda mm -hmm. looks freaked out, and and Cisco's the only one who has a hand uh, phaser handy, mm -hmm. and just yeah, blows him away. <laughs> he blasts him right in the <laughs> With gut. Just no, no hesitation. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, takes him down. Yeah. I think it seems to me like there might have been uh, some more uh, stuff going on in that original cut before they changed his voice. So he was probably going, it's okay. It's whatever, as he sort of uh. like morphs back into his <laughs> alien voice and then they shoot him. But uh, because his when he, when he morphs into the alien, it's still just his voice. It did seem a little weird. Like, why does Cisco shoot him? Yeah. <laughs> in the belly. Because uh, it didn't, it wasn't clear that he was morphing back into the alien. Basically, is what the deal is. But it's fine. We got past it. We can, we can guess what's going on via context clues. Right. Um. So no issue there. But that was a fun moment. Yeah. Phaser fire. Phaser fire. Blew him away. Yeah. Like it's not like he has like superpowers. He's still just a human. So just go up there and grab him. Like why do you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> why did you have to shoot him? Oh. I know. I, I know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so that's it. Um, I thought it was another funny little, uh, lame line at the end where, uh, they, he, he wakes up and he's like, I have the worst headache. And they all look at each other and like, and like wink and laugh like the end mm -hmm. of a, like the end of full house or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, the only last thing I have that was seemed to be a, um, a moral uh you know platform to then freak you know to dissect uh what our responsibilities are was where at the end they 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 get the residual consciousness out of the doctor mm -hmm. and put it in some some piece of hardware yeah it's like a hard drive that contains the consciousness of this villain yeah and then she's like well i'm just going to take this he's coming with me and they're like all right and you assume it's to, I guess they're gonna put the AI on trial. Yeah. And she whip, she whips out her gun and and she blows it away. And she vaporizes <laughs> the thing, executes the villain in front of everybody's eyes. And yeah. Cisco and Kira and the other Deep Space Nine people are just like, well, I guess she wanted to do it that way, and they kind of smile. And then the episode ends, but it's like, dude, we just witnessed an execution without trial. Yep. And uh, and our heroes are just kind of like smirking, sh shoulder shruggy. Well, that was that. Plus, she left a big, like, you know, blaster stain on the console, <laughs> a big old black mark from where she blew away this alien, uh, and then she just leaves. And it's like, well, who's going to clean the console? Yep, you know? that's true. There was, like, yeah, there's, like, cinder <laughs> cinders left on the, the yeah, thing. From when she executed her prey. Um, and, and, yeah, there's been TNG episodes where an AI is invented, like, Wesley Crusher accidentally creates... Uh, life forms with AI and and it starts. I remember that a whole civilization. Yep, starts taking over the ship and and the captain has to be like, well, we can't just wipe them out. They're new life, and that's what mm -hmm. our that's what our job is. Mm -hmm. So we have to like, I don't know. It's, and so I thought that was so. Uh, why did they do that? <laughs> Where, <laughs> uh, 
that was so weird that I know. Just, it cuts to credits. They, I know. they they just cuts to credits like oh well well case closed. I know it was kind of a coarse a coarse decision, uh, you know, to treat it that way. I mean, it was I I, I felt the weight of the moment because she's been pursuing this guy for twenty years. Um, she blasts him away, blows him away. What was sort of dissonant for me was the reaction from Cisco, which rather than like, well, we just witnessed an execution. That was kind of a buzzkill. <laughs> it was like, well, smirk. Well, that little episode's over. Um, yep. So that was the only dissonance there for me. It didn't bother me that she that she vaporized the uh, the uh, the external hard drive that the villain was living on, but uh, it did bother that me. It funny. bothered yeah, me she, that it didn't she, bother. She, she whips out her gun, and they're like, no, and then freeze. Produced by Larry David. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. So, I mean, you know, lots of science talk and... um, There was a lot of mumbo-jumbo-y science talk. Yeah, the whole technology of how they sort of beamed this... this disruptive sort of transmission through the tractor beam back onto the you know the carrier vessel in order to interrupt the aliens takeover of Bashir's mind yeah. was all very confusing uh, and it was just like just just mumbo jumbo total jum- jumbled up sciency words oh um, to me <laughs> oh i have i remembered the final thing why um you know get, okay so if dax okay so we talk about how she's um trans person from mm-hmm. one gender to another but she's also a poly organism with like multiple things living mm-hmm. together symbiotically shouldn't shouldn't she be outraged by this cohabitator organism yeah just getting wasted think. in front of her shouldn't she be like that's my people yeah <laughs> or, kind of she should have like felt that a little bit sort of more deeply than the others. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially Bashir's symbiont was executed in front of his eyes and everybody just kind of smirked and shrugged their shoulders. Yeah. Uh but she should have been, she should have felt that a little bit. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. And even if it even if it was a uh genus genocidist uh you know, the real reason they killed it it's because like well, it's just a little, you know, piece of lego. Like who cares? And then <laughs> Inside Dax is like, is that all I am to you people? Just a little like hot dog living in this, you know, girl. Ah, <laughs> uh, who knows? Well, who knows? Who knows what that little slug inside of her belly feels in those moments? Yep. It's a wise old slug though, so I think he takes it all in stride. They take it all in stride. Yep. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. It was a good one in that uh, we made a podcast out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all you can ask for. Right. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing this uh, this episode. I'm glad we're back on the horse, as it were. Uh, I did enjoy this episode. It feels like they're improving. Um, I've got very trusted sources, friends of mine, who say that it turns into a great show, a good show. So uh, I think we're moving in that direction. Uh, there's always things to appreciate uh, when we watch the episodes. Mm. Uh, even the campy moments, even the moments that fail are kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Good to talk to you, Joe, and I hope that... Uh, our many listener have enjoyed listening as well. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with DS9 time with uh, Joe and Thomas. See you next time. See you next time, folks. Do you realize how incredible this is? Welcome to DS9. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>